Hello and welcome to Amplify. Music there by Linda Buckley. And we have a conversation with Linda coming up, as well as details of a playlist of Irish music, which she has put together especially for this podcast. This is episode 17. As always, I'm joined by Yvonne Ferguson, CMC director. Hi there, Yvonne. How's it going, Jonathan? So before we hear from Linda Buckley, last week, CMC published a range of policy initiatives in support of the new music sector in Ireland for consideration and implementation by the state and its agencies during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. Yvonne, can you talk about some of these initiatives and how they came about? Well, as you know, Jonathan, we have uh, a sectoral survey that's ongoing and has been it was issued on the 20th of March and it's still taking responses from composers and performers in the contemporary music community. It's on cmc.ie forward slash COVID survey. And the vast majority of the responses to date have stated very clearly that uh, they've been badly affected financially by the pandemic and extremely anxious about the future. And uh, With a view to ensuring that contemporary music from Ireland survives the crisis and to help it recover after the crisis, CMC published a broad range of immediate, medium-term and long-term policy proposals based on responses by composers and performers to the CMC survey. And uh, we published them for consideration by the state and its agencies and implementation during and after the current COVID-19 crisis. And you can read more about this on our website at cmc.ie, where you'll also find some other recent features and news, including a new series called Drew the Digital Door by CMC's library coordinator, Susan Brodigan, which takes a look each week at selected repertoire for solo instruments. And so on to our conversation with Linda Buckley. Originally from Cork, Linda is based currently in Glasgow, where she teaches composition at the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. We spoke to Linda earlier in the week over a Zoom connection. Conversation topics include the current situation for composers, new music in the post-COVID era, moving to Glasgow, and the importance of being connected to a community of musicians. The second part of our conversation focuses on a playlist of pieces that we asked Linda to select for the podcast. And Yvonne, the recordings chosen reveal a lot about her as a composer, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, a good few of them are featuring her in collaboration with other performers or composers. And that's really kind of central to Linda's practice, that collaborative aspect. She also has chosen works that are in that beautiful area that fuses electronic and acoustic music. Vocals are very strong right throughout her playlist. She's a very fine singer herself. She comes from a a background where she was immersed in Shannos from a very young age. She has a huge passion for choral music. Her playlist, I suppose, aspects of it are quite dreamy and atmospheric and ambient and um, real tonic, I think, for where we're at at the moment. Absolutely. 
And details for all the pieces which Linda has selected are included in the show notes for the podcast or at cmc.ie forward slash amplify forward slash episode 17. So here is that conversation with Linda Buckley. Linda, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's become a stock question that we've been asking people over the last uh, month or so. How has the COVID-19 pandemic affected your work? It's affected it in lots of different ways, actually, both in a practical sense and also in an emotional sense, which I think is important to acknowledge um, as artists that, you know, we're all sort of going to going through this very strange time at the moment and how to process that. I had just been through a period of really very busy activity in terms of live performance. February of this year was probably the most active I've ever been in terms of live performing and doing live electronics and improv and all that kind of stuff, as well as having, you know, concert pieces performed. So there was loads of travel in February, Dublin, Galway, London, Edinburgh, Glasgow, back and forth a lot over the course of the month, you know, between this project that I did, Beethoven Reflected um, with Contempo String Quartet and um, the Irish Language Arts Song Project and Imagining Ireland and all these different things. So the week that these measures were announced, I was meant to go and fly to Dublin to play um, an electronic set for Homebeat. Um, and then I was to go to Newry to work with Colin Dunn on our piece, The Turn, and it was all kind of connected to Patrick's Day celebrations. And there was a really short window of time with those things where they were cancelled very quickly, um, finding out a few days before. So that was like a big mental adjustment to kind of deal with very quickly. But at the moment, I think we are all living through this sort of trauma and grieving the loss of our old lives and the freedoms that we had and also sort of worry for loved ones and all of that. So not having the freedom to travel in the way that I would have always and, and back and forth to Ireland is kind of a big aspect of that for me at the moment. So that being present in the mind, I think it can be difficult to put that aside and think about being productive or creative. This might happen, I think, after the fact, which often does for me and for lots of friends of mine who are composers and artists, but not while going through it. It'll be interesting to see the kinds of work that will emerge after all of this. But I think at the moment, it's important to have awareness that, you know, maybe we, we have to be kind of kind to ourselves and allow this period to, to be kind of slower and not so active that it might have might have been used to, you know. And I think it's okay to have that period and kind of know that there's a lot to process emotionally, mentally, as it is without having to put pressure on ourselves. That's one of the things that I've picked up from my conversations with with a, a lot of composers in recent weeks. There is a sense that it's it's not possible to to keep going uh, as as everybody had been doing. And I think, you know, lots of people deal with it in different ways. And I think if it's helpful for someone to release any of that kind of anxiety or energy in a creative way, then that's amazing, you know, that, that they can do that and that it's helpful and cathartic for them. And, you know, I see that sometimes now in some of my students and that is very helpful for them. So that is obviously a positive, you know, outcome of it in a way. But that's not necessarily the case for everyone. You know, everyone deals with it in a very different way, I think. 
you're not obviously composing at all at the moment. Well, I mean, I've been dipping in and out of things and I've been doing work that is probably quite practical rather than going deeply into something new and creative. So I had been working on a piano piece for Michael McHale, which is connected to Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. So I've been kind of dipping in and out of that, but not sort of telling myself that I need to finish it very quickly or anything like that, you know. Um, I've also commissioned for Kilkenny Arts Festival for Liam Byrne, Bearded Gamba player with Crash Ensemble. So I've been also kind of starting to, to get into ideas for that. But again, we don't know if that's definitely happening this year. So I'm not sort of rushing to get that finished either. I'm sort of thinking, you know, just thinking of ideas for that and not sort of putting myself under too much pressure. But, it, you know, I, I'm kind of in a way welcoming the chance to allow the time for those things to gestate fully before I really delve in deeply into it. So you're listening to lots of Marion Marais and Monsieur de Saint-Colomb then in your research, Linda? Absolutely. I mean, in a way, like, the, you know, I think at the moment, music can be such a solace as well. And, and just that kind of research phase is always really important to me anyway. The research phase for this would probably be slightly longer than it normally is. But that can be a positive thing, too, I think. In your usual practice, I mean, I've observed over the years that there are certain conditions maybe or certain locations that are meaningful to you and are, I think, creative spaces for you. I mean, you spent a year in New York. You've been to Iceland many times on residencies. I mean, are there certain ideal conditions that you like to compose in? I think it's not necessarily just about a physical space, but it's also about a kind of an emotional and mental space, about kind of having calm and clarity in the mind to allow these new ideas to emerge. But absolutely, I mean, I've been very drawn to places that are very kind of open and expansive, like Gotland in, in the Baltic Sea off the coast of Sweden, um, Iceland, of course, and, and where I'm from, the old Hedekin Sail. Those places have been incredibly inspiring to me. And I think it's a sense of sort of, openness and expansion and um, I'm drawn to that in other art and other music and in my own work so I think that always kind of feeds into what I do but even at the moment here I'm, I'm in Glasgow and there are plenty of really beautiful open green spaces and rivers and nature that I can feel connected to so that's really helpful as well at the moment. what is going to happen throughout this time period is that there'll be less an emphasis on kind of busyness and deadlines and maybe it will allow this sort of sense of reflection or chance to really build upon new ideas you know so I think that can be a really interesting time in a way rather than things happening always at such high speed and in my own life I'm always very busy you know I'm, I'm teaching and then I'm, I'm writing and there's deadlines 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 and there's emails and there's so I think if that slows down at all it does give us uh, it opens out another creative space within us, which I think can be a very good thing. When we emerge from this pandemic, whenever that is, just to that point, are you concerned about this future for composers and musicians after this passes or are you hopeful that this experience will result in 
maybe more positive changes for the way we live and for how, you know, for new music and for composers and the arts? I'm very hopeful, actually. I mean, I'm already seeing a sense of community that's very strong um, between composers and artists and friends of mine. There's such a sense of care and kindness and looking for connection, you know, which I think is so important. And I think, you know, we see that a lot in, in performers at the moment. And of course, they're so missing that outlet of being out in the world and being in a space with other people and the live performance experience and all of that. And even a sense of having a chance to slow down and to kind of think about what's important and and think about how simple things are probably the most important to us. It's not about rushing to the next deadline or the next project or the, but really kind of taking time over things and sort of thinking about what is really important. Speaking about community, you're part of the community of new music uh, from Ireland, though you're based now in Glasgow, as, as you've said. You were very much part of a very active scene. You were very active in an active scene in Dublin and, and across the island. And then you moved to Glasgow a few years back. How did you find that change? I moved to Dublin from Cork after my undergrad to do my master's there and then ended up, of course, doing a PhD with Johnny Gadenhi and Trinity and all of that. At that time, I think it was such an interesting time to move to Dublin, actually. It was all starting, Crash Ensemble was starting. And there was really a sense of kind of DIY ethos and there was this excitement about new music and all of that. It was lovely to be part of that. And, and I still carry that kind of spirit, I think, with me to a certain extent. And I'm still really so much in, in contact with all of those people still. I had this dream for a long time to move to New York for a year. It was something I always wanted to do. And so, you know, when the Fulbright opportunity came about, like I ran to that and I just felt it was really uh, the right time to do it. And so that was kind of 2016, 2017. So that was huge for me in terms of that kind of sense of freedom and being part of the new music scene there and working with like Appalachian folk singers and, you know, theremin, electronic improvisers and um, all of this kind of thing. So that was really inspiring to me. And then I suppose coming back to Dublin again, I, I had never really figured out exactly what was the plan that was going to be next. I knew that perhaps it would be somewhere in Ireland. It wasn't necessarily going to be Dublin. Um, but I never, ever had thought about Scotland necessarily. And this all happened quite quickly over the course of a few months. Um, of course, it was daunting at the beginning and it was a challenge. I didn't really know anyone here. The only people I knew probably would have been Matthew Whiteside, who you spoke to recently, and David Fennessy. Um, so I was really glad to know, you know of, of some people. And they really um, were great help at the beginning. And I wanted it to happen very kind of naturally and organically. Um, of course, I'm teaching here, but also um, the composing side of things. Um, I kind of wanted to not necessarily jump and be like, I'm here now, but to have people sort of over time, you know, naturally and organically just sort of have relationships that would build up. And they have actually in the last uh, year and a half, let's say, since I moved here. Just having moved here, there is a sense that you are on the radar of the UK then a little bit more probably. So that has opened up doors for me that maybe wouldn't have happened if I hadn't come here. But it all happened very naturally, which is great to see. Living in Glasgow now permanently and 
you know, not just the year, the year away, like you had in New York or not just a residence. I mean, being, being, you know, part of the, of the new music community in, in Glasgow, does, does living away now from Ireland give you a kind of a fresh perspective on our scene here or what's happening? Absolutely. I think it does. I'm delighted that I still managed to maintain all those links with the performers and, and, you know, ensembles and things that I would have always worked with in Ireland. So I think I'm, you know, working with groups back in Ireland more even than I would have been before. So it's great geographically that I'm not so far away, but it's also really interesting to kind of look back in hindsight at how lucky I was to be part of all that. And I'm still, I still feel part of it, you know, and the lovely sense of community and the sense of enthusiasm for each other's work and on a very human, personal level, you know, great friends of mine are composers and a lot of them are still based in Dublin and we would have been also excited about each other's work and that sense it's really lovely to see actually and I still feel part of that. Has it changed your work do you think? I think as you get a little bit older anyway you you really kind of learn a lot about yourself and who you are and who you are as a person and an artist and um, I suppose there's that sense of just being absolutely yourself, you know, and embracing the sound world of kind of electronics and atmosphere and vocals and all those things. I suppose I'm probably doing more of that now than ever than I would have done in, in kind of earlier years, I would say. So on that, we've we've asked you to come up with a playlist of pieces for the podcast today, and you've selected a really interesting collection of recordings. We're going to include links to these in the show notes for the podcast so listeners can uh, listen and purchase the recordings in full if they're for sale. And the first thing that strikes me about this list are the Irish composers you've chosen. I suppose it picks up very much on, on this that earlier point about being part of a community and, and sort of growing up with these composers in Dublin in the time that you were there. You've included works by Jonathan Langle, Andrew Hamilton, Sean Clancy and your sister Irene. Tell us about these and why you've chosen them. I think, you know, music is a very important thing at the moment for us to kind of feel solace in a way. And I think it, it's been a really important part of my life, obviously, in every way. I remember being in New York and at times feeling overwhelmed by the intensity of the city, you know, and kind of going into the subway and listening on headphones to to Cocteau Twins or Duraflay's Requiem or something and then feeling fine again, you know, and that kind of sense of music, you know, really helping to kind of make sense of the world in a way. So this is sort of why I chose the the tracks that I did for this playlist. Um, it's all Irish music from Irish artists that I find really interesting. And I know them all personally, and, and they're all friends of mine, really. So it's kind of great to, to feel that sense of community even within this playlist as well. The first piece that I thought about including is a beautiful piece by Jonathan Angle called Helen Street. And this is from a, a Moog collaboration that we made together a few years ago. And this is just really kind of dreamy. It has so much heart, I think, always with Jonathan's music. There's amazing skill in like timbre and texture and sound, but with this kind of underlying sense of emotion and rich harmony. Uh, there's field recordings in this as well of birds recorded in Australia and and kind of merged with synthesizer.
that's the one thing that that strikes me about the, about this about that track was the you know the opening of the the bird song and i don't know whether it's during this this current time where i certainly certainly i'm more attuned to the natural sounds around me and i wonder about this you know the opportunities at the moment for recording these sounds recording field recordings of uh, natural sounds that otherwise would have been, you know, as uh, subject to kind of a lot of noise pollution from traffic, from industry, um, and and that that comes true, you know, very 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 much in in that recording. And Chris Watson, the sound recordist, has talked a lot about that recently, about how at the moment we're really hearing a lot of sound in the environment that we would not normally. So I remember even thinking about this the other day. I went for a walk in, in woods nearby and. There was just such a kind of clarity of, of bird sound around me. And, you know, sometimes that, that gets masked by sounds of airplanes and things. And, and it was just so clear and so beautiful. And so I think it's a great time to be out there recording, gathering the, 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 the beautiful sonic environment that we have at the moment. The next piece I thought about including was from Sean Clancy from a, a really heartfelt series of pieces that he wrote um, connected to the birth of his son. This track and Then You Smiled combines two loves of mine, Javanese gamelan and synthesizers as well. It's a really short track but does something very special in those few minutes and it draws you in straight away. And your sister, Irene, who's also also a composer, uh, you've included a, a a piece by her from a duo. Is it a duo that she's involved Actually, in? Actually, a trio. So there's the Cork-based um, electronic group Crevice with Elaine Howley and Rosalind Steer. And they brought out a release a few years ago called In Heart, creating this very kind of hazy, dreamlike world with voices and synths. And I suppose that's kind of a thread that you might see throughout the, the tracks that I've chosen for this, even in, in my own track, Vespers. It's using recordings of when I lived in Astoria in Queens in New York and um, from an Easter procession it's really a Greek neighborhood so you get this kind of haunting chanting but also like sirens from the street so it's like merging those different elements which would have been just part of daily life there in, in the sonic environment. Something kind of very immersive and enveloping so I think that strand runs throughout all of this with the music by Maria Somerville as well, who um, I opened a show for in, in the project in Dublin last December. She's from Connemara.
and people like Jack Holleran um, from Kildare based in London um, and also you know the folk elements of people like Slow Moving Clouds and Circa de Rosta so um, you know just I think that it's a really interesting time at the moment musically in Ireland there's all these different strands emerging. So this idea of this kind of immersive uh, sound world that maybe runs through a lot of those choices and then also this idea that you said earlier about music as as a way of escaping. Is that more to the fore at this time for you or is that always there? It's always there for me, actually. It's, it's the music that I've always been drawn to since I was a child from kind of arrangements by people like Kate Bush to, you know, electronic groups to um, plain chant to Indian music. You know, it's the thing that I think ties all of the the various genres of music that I love together. It's the kind of common factor, kind of modal, dronal music. Um, and it's interesting at the moment because I'm putting together um, my album, which will come out in September with NMC, JB Discs. Um, so it's actually a, a good time at the moment that I'm able to kind of concentrate a little bit on that as well you know gathering all that together and um, so a lot of the recordings have been made already at the end of last year um, and kind of being mixed and things at the moment um, so that brings together you know collaborations with Irla Lenard and Crash Ensemble and you know Isabel O'Connell and Dara Morgan and Joby Burgess so there's definitely a recurring thread in that that I see which is to do with atmosphere and, and immersion too. Where does that come from? Where does that kind of interest in in that kind of inhabiting that sound world or following that sound world come from? Is it environment? Is it where you grew up or or are there other other factors at play? I think it's something very instinctive. Like I was looking at something recently with a, an English electronic artist called Haxon Cloak, and he talks about his love of low frequency sounds. And a lot of people would think of his music as being kind of very dark and spooky and witchy and gothic and all of that. But he was saying it's not really like that for him. He was saying it's like a beautiful experience of being in the womb or something. This kind of sense of, you know, you're only hearing these kind of very long, low frequency sounds. And not necessarily that, that it's that for me, but I love when I go to performances, of, you know, being immersed in something and be, being enveloped and kind of losing a sense of where you are, and a sense of time and a sense of place. At the moment, actually, I'm reading a book by Carrie Brownstein from the band Slater Kinney, and she talks about 
the way that she responds to music. And I really felt kind of connected to that. I just want to actually quote a tiny thing from her because when I read it, I really felt um, this resonated so strongly with kind of how I experience music too. My favorite kind of musical experience is to feel afterward that your heart is filled up and transformed, like it is pumping a whole new kind of blood into your veins. Curious, open, desiring for connection, to feel like art has chosen you, claimed you as its witness. So I, I love to kind of experience that myself in, in other music and in other you know, forms of art. Some of your earliest musical experiences were with vocal music and with shanos and with using your own voice. And we can hear that, as you've mentioned, right throughout the tracks that you have selected for the playlist. I suppose just if you could expand a little bit on what the voice means for you. Well, I suppose in a way it's kind of the ultimate form of human expression. It's the thing that's closest to our own kind of inner feelings in a way I kind of feel like for me in um, no matter what language you're singing and I always feel such a kind of a strong instinctive visceral emotional connection to hearing something sung. Irla actually talks about this, about how even when, you know, he would sing a Shano song in America and maybe nobody's understanding the Gaelic, but they, they can absolutely connect to the emotion behind it. So I think that there's something that, you know, it coming from within oneself in that way, there's no sense of anything being lost in translation. It's just coming out of your body and it's something that feels very real and authentic and there's no hiding in it as well, you know, you, you really, it's really just your own human presence. The other aspect of this playlist, which you've you've mentioned as, as well, but this electronic music being an important influence on your work, and you've chosen a number of pieces by, uh, I guess, electronic music musicians, Tell us about these and why this electronic sound world is is important to you and, and to your work. Well, again, I think it was probably one of the first aspects of music that I really connected to. Um, and, you know, some of my first memories are hearing kind of analog synthesizers and things. So I, I kind of feel that that's just present in my psyche somewhere, you know. But I think it's also to do with, for myself, when I'm creating something, with electronics, it's about kind of really honing every detail and hearing it immediately and the immediacy of working that way rather than something that's score-based and, and kind of gets sent away. And then, you know, that sort of very different process. And I mean, I do enjoy the collaborative aspects of all that and, and working with musicians, but there's something about the combination of, let's say, acoustic and electronic sound that always has fascinated me and finding connections between those things. Sometimes when people talk about electronic music and they think about Stockhausen and, and, you know, they talk about something that's very sort of precise and mathematical. And, and, and for me, I don't, I don't think of it in that way. I think it, it's the, the closest for me to getting to something that's very emotive and raw and visceral and has 
that sense of immediacy in, in the creation of it. It strikes me that your approach to working with electronic music, and this comes through, I think, in some some of these uh, these uh, pieces on the playlist as well, is that it's all about achieving that sort of blend between the acoustic and the electronic. Is that something you'd agree with? Absolutely. I mean, it's a recurring thread, I think, in in all of the music that I've chosen, really, um, from kind of bird song to synthesizers to that kind of really pure bell-like sound of gamelan with electronic sound and also merging chant with my own voice which is processed and things like that I think it's just and it opens up possibilities for connection that are maybe more kind of challenging to find in a purely score-based instrumental sense I'm very interested in music that translates electronic ideas to the acoustic realm as well. And I do that in my own music. But I think there's something about just that connection that I, I find really interesting. And the beauty of it as well. And, and also the, I mean, a lot of music that I've chosen is not only immersive, but is incredibly harmonic. And I think that's something that you'll hear in all of this. It's kind of this really beautiful use of harmony. And I think that's probably one of the most important things to me in any music. You've spoken about the pieces that you chose and, and why you've chosen them and, and the current situation that we're in and how it relates to you and your work as a composer. What does the kind of future hold for you in terms of all of that work? Well, I had recently been working on some film music um, for the new Tiger Sullivan film To the Moon and also for the new Pat Collins film about the folklorist Henry Glassie called Fieldwork. So a lot of that music was very much about, you know, being very self-contained and being very self-sufficient and working with electronics and voice and things like that. And I really enjoyed the process of working on those and it made me want to make more of that kind of music. So I kind of feel like in the next while, it would be a good opportunity to maybe work a little bit less on score-based pieces and more on my own recordings and electronics and voice and things and being able to produce everything myself. In other words, you're more self-sufficient as a as a composer, like you're, you're coming up with the complete package, as it were, or the complete piece, piece of music, uh, as opposed to collaborating with other artists. I think so. I mean, collaboration has been such a big strand of what I do, um, you know, whether it be other performers like Kate Ellis, Michelle O'Rourke, Joby Burgess, Star Morgan, um, Isabel O'Connell, my sister Irene, people like that, you know, and other composers like Jonathan Engel, and also like the poet Dirini Grifa, that's kind of been a long continuing um, kinship musically and, and with poetry. But I kind of feel that 
I've always wanted to make something that is very complete in itself from my own work and recordings. And I think this is probably the right time to do it. Well, thank you so much for that. All the best in the future. Yeah, it was great to hear from you, Linda. Vespers by Linda Buckley, ending that conversation with the composer. Thanks to Linda for putting together the playlist, which, as I mentioned earlier, is available on our website and in the show notes for this podcast. As always, we encourage you to purchase any of these recordings if they are available for sale, as this is one of the few ways in which you can support music creators during this time. We'll be back again next week. Until then, stay safe and thanks for listening.